Parashas Emor is known as the Parish of the Kohenim. That's where most of the Dinim, which applies specifically to the Shevet of the Kohenim, appear. What I want to talk about today is one of the mitzvahs of the Kohenim, which isn't often discussed. And that is the mitzvah that a Kohen who is a Balmum, or has a physical blemish, or a disability, isn't allowed to do the Avodah. The Torah tells us that a coin who has some kind of a mum, something wrong with him physically, is forbidden from doing the Avodah. The Torah then goes on to list various types of mumim which would, rend, would disqualify a coin, render him apostle for doing Avodah. And the question is, why should a physical problem be something significant enough to prevent a Kayan from doing Avodah Hashem, which is his spiritual right as being part of the Shevet HaKohana? So, Be'ez Hashem, we'll see a number of reasons which are given. But before that, I want to ask a second question too. And that is, if we look at the words in the Torah, it seems to be extremely repetitive. The Torah says, Moses instructed to tell Aaron, Ish mizarach, a children from your descendants, that they raise them in any future generation, asher yiyeh mum, who will have a mum, lo yikrav lehakrib lechem lekov. He shouldn't come close to bring the korbans. That's the first pasuk. And the second pasuk, any man who has a mum shouldn't come close. And then it lists all the different kinds of mumim. And it sums up again at the end, any person has a mum from the sense of Aaron, he shouldn't come close to bring the carbonus, Mumbai, there's a mum in him, and therefore it's lechem the Kabbalists of Hashem you shouldn't bring. It seems to be extremely repetitive. Saying the same thing time and again. But really, if you look closely at the Psukim, we notice another point. The first Pasuk is talking in the future tense. He talks about a person who will have a mum. And the second pasuk is talking in the present tense. So you call Isha Sheboy Mum, that there's a mum in him, which means the one pasuk is talking about a person who will have a mum. The implication is that he doesn't yet have a mum. And the second pasuk says somebody who has a mum. What's that meant to mean? So let's learn a story. Let's learn the, the halacha of the Balmum together. The first best known reason why a Balmum, even though it's only a physical imperfection, is rendered possible from doing the Aveda, is the reason brought by the Chinuch. The Chinuch says that being as he's a representative of Hashem, he's coming to, so to speak, bring the Karbanas. And therefore he's looked at as Hashem's 
a missionary or maybe part of Hashem's army. So, somebody who looks in some way imperfect, blemished, it destroys the image of the Ovedi Hashem. We want the army of people serving Hashem to be all looking perfectly healthy, the way people are meant to look, that brings a cover to Shemaim. Whereas if Hashem has a, let's say, a company of His servants who all look injured, all look in some way incomplete, so that was the lack of word Shemaim. Other Rishonim say that it, a person who has a bowel movement could affect him. And therefore, it's not just a physical blemish, but it also has a certain emotional damage. And therefore, that will interfere with the kavana, it will interfere with the, the frame of mind, in the way they bring kavans. But if I, I noticed the kliyaka, and the kliyaka says a tremendous chiddush. So much so, I'm going to read some of the words inside. And he says, first the principle that we already know, and that is that the spiritual state of a person can affect his body. And this is really brought down by many svarim, that there's a correlation between the mitzvahs and the parts of the body. So the 248 mitzvahs are say, and the 248 organs, it's not random, there's a link between them. And the 365 mitzvahs later say, and 365 sinews, in, maybe muscles in the body, they laugh with each other too. There's a famous story which is brought down about the Vilnagon. The Vilnagon was universally respected even in his own lifetime, and even by the non Jews, who knew him to be somebody who was extremely proficient in all forms of wisdom. In all the natural sciences. We know about a number of encounters between the Vilnagon and various non-Jewish scientists or doctors or professors, whoever they may have been. And the Vilnagon needs to answer their questions, maybe to show Kiddush Hashem how much wisdom a person can get from learning the Torah. So the story is told of a certain time that the doctors of a certain faculty of university, I think it was in Heidelberg in Germany, came to the Vilnagon with a question. And they said they had just done a full dissection of the person that had died, and they counted the amount of Gideon, the amount of muscles in the body. And they came out with 363. And what was the question? Because, as you mentioned previously, the Jewish tradition is that there are 365 Gideon, and they only found 363. And therefore they've come to question our Messiah that we called is two more than they found. The Vilnagon wasn't thrown by the question. And he said to them, I'm sure you made a detailed list of all the Gideon you found. So give me the list. They obviously had such a list and the Vilnagon went through it carefully. And after reading it, he said to them, I'll tell you which two Gideon you missed out. And they claimed, well, we dissected this person and there weren't any more Gideon there. And the Vilnagon said it must have been that the subject he chose during the course of his lifetime was consistently over 
on the following two Averis. And as a result of it, the corresponding Gid to that Avera had disintegrated. And he mentioned which Averas would have corresponded to those two missing Gidim in the person. And when the doctors went back to find out more about the life of the person that they had chosen as their experiment, they found that these had been two Averas which the person had regularly transgressed. And it teaches us that the effect of what we do has in our bodies. Metis, Averas, whatever it's going to be, if they lined up with each other, then being over in Avera doesn't just blemish the person spiritually, but being over in Avera causes a physical damage to the person as well. Or in the story of the Vilnagon, so much so, that it can even cause a certain part of the body to disintegrate. And with that background, let's look at the Kliyakar. And he says... That the Kadmainim who became Bechachma have a yard in their new Bechol Mushin is have it by Adam when every mum which would come to a person even before it came, how would they know that? Mitzal Eza Oven Sherawaboy because of a certain sin the person had done. And therefore, Derek Marshall and Yodash and Makabal Sheikhad, if they knew a certain person was taking bribes, then Yodaboy, Joseph, they know he would eventually become blind because the Possek says that. Taking bribes causes blindness. And therefore, being as they knew which Avera would lead to which physical, so to speak, uh, defect or spiritual injury would lead to which physical injury. So then based on Averas that a person had done, they could see how which part of his body would be affected. And with that, Mikhayakr explains the Pesachim. And he says, therefore, a Balmum wasn't just a physical cripple. The physical limitation or disability was really indicative of a spiritual problem. And this was just the manifestation and the physical level of what the person had done wrong spiritually. And that's how the, the Kliyokra explains the first passage. We asked, I was talking in the future tense. A person in the future who will have a mum. Says the Kliyokra, he will have a mum because we can see what he's doing wrong now. And therefore we can predict what mum he's going to get. And in the second passage, a person who has already has a mum. Kliyokra explained that. That being as the result of the various that he's done has already been manifest. And therefore he says, Shakara's point of answer, That's a, that from what a person's done, we can see what's going to be, either in the future, that we can see he's going to get the mum, or in a case where it's already happened, we can see the mum he got came from a various he did. And therefore, in both cases, a person like that is disqualified from doing the Avaita. If that's the case, what's the third possible? You could ask another question too. Maybe a Koyan 
who got injured during the course of his lifetime and became a Balmum, we can blame it on his actions. But sometimes a child is born with a mom. Sometimes there's children who are blind from birth. Whatever other defect they're born with. So we can't really blame that on what they've done wrong. So why are those, how do we know those mumim also disqualify a person from the Avoida? So the Kriyakos is that's the third possible. When it says mum boy, as there's a mum in him, and therefore he can't bring the Korbanist, that means a pre-existing mum. He was born with that mum, and that also makes him possible from doing the Korbanist. What the Kliyakot doesn't explain is the next step. And that is, if the mumim are as a result of a vera, so then why would a child who was born with a mum be possible for a vera? Where's the vera that they did? So I was thinking about this and I remembered the Gemara. The Gemara, it's actually a well-known story in the Gemara. But as much as the story is well-known, it's also very strange. Let's learn it together. The Gemara is in Tainis, on the Chafamud base, and the Gemara is telling the story of Rabbi Lazar Rabbi Shimon. And he was on his way home from learning in Yeshiva, and the Gemara says he was very happy. He had achieved a lot, and he was in a very good spirits. And on his way home, the Gemara says, a certain man met him. A man who the Gemara calls as being Mechor B'Yosef. A man who is incredibly ugly. And the man greets him. Shalom Alecha Rabbi. And Abraham bin Shimon looks at this man and he is overcome by how ugly this person is and he responds to him. Omalai. He says, Reiko, empty one. Kama Mechor Oisah Ish. You are so incredibly ugly. Are all the people in the place where you come from as ugly as you? So this man has just been insulted. He responds. He says, Any idea? He says, I don't know. But if you think I'm too ugly, Go to the craftsman who made me and tell him you made a particularly bad-looking product. Now let's go to Hashem. He's the one who created me and tell him that he don't, doesn't find favor in your eyes the way he created me. So the brother of Shimon realized he had said something wrong. And he asks for Mechila and the man doesn't want to be Mechila. So eventually they reach the town and then the town said, well, it happens, join the man. Join the brother of Shimon asking the man to forgive him. And in the end he agrees, but he says, Amalehem, Bishvilchem, he says to the people of the town, for you on your behalf, I'll forgive him. You shouldn't do this too much. You shouldn't do this too much. That's the Gemara. Now the question everybody, everybody has learned such a Gemara is, the one which cries to be asked. How could Rabbi Lazar Shimon insult a person so badly? 
We've all been in a situation similar. We find, see somebody who has something wrong with them. Special needs. Have a certain disability. We've all seen ugly people too. And yet, I think all of us have enough sensitivity not to go after the person and say, I just wanted to inform you that you're extremely ugly. Or there's something very weird about you. Or whatever it's going to be. We'd never do that. We might think that, and we might be correct in thinking that, but to throw it in the face, so to speak, of somebody and insult them, why would you do that? If that's the case, the obvious question is, why did Rabbi Lazar Shimon do that? But on closer analysis, I want to ask you a few more questions too. And that is, why did he blame the place? Wouldn't it have been sufficient to say, you're such an extremely ugly person why did he have to say all the people in your place are as ugly as you what's the place going to do with it and what's even more strange is that the ugly man answers him he asked the question are all the people in your place as ugly as you and his answer was any day I don't know what does that mean to me he didn't know what ugly meant. He didn't recognize people in his place. So what, what, what is the point of the question? What, what was intended by the answer? But I have another question too. He didn't just call him ugly. He started off with a certain derogatory title. He called him Reiko. Reiko is the term the Gemara uses for a Russia. A person has no merits. A person has done nothing right. He's empty. And Rabbi Lazar Bashim insults him and he says, Reiko, you are so ugly. Why was it necessary? If he felt it necessary for some reason, which is love to explain, to point at him and how ugly he was, why did he have to insult him more and also call him a, call him a Russia? And my last question, and really I saw the Masha asks as well, when the person eventually was convinced to forgive Rabbi Laza. So he says, Abimachal him, He shouldn't accustom himself to doing this. Which means sometimes it's okay, just not too often. If this man held correctly that Rabbi Laza Rabbi Shimon had wronged him, and it's not the right thing to say to somebody, he should have said, as long as he never says this again, why did he say as long as he doesn't do this regularly? And sometimes it's okay to do? So let's explain. The first point first. The Mephoshim already said that when Rabbi Azar Shimon saw how ugly this person was and he knew the rule that a person's physical appearance mirrors their spiritual state, and it's a Pasuk. The Pasuk says, Chachmas Adam Tayr Panov, the wisdom of a person light up his face, the eyes Panov Yeshonah, and a person who's brazen, his face changes. A person's level, a person's midas, can have an impact on their appearance. And therefore the Mephoshim explained that when Rabbi Lazar saw a person who has features were so distorted, who was so unsightly, 
He understood this must be due to a major blemish in this man's neshama. He must have done something seriously wrong that's had, its, had such an effect on his appearance. And that's why Abiraza says to him, Reiko, come on, He says, you're a Russia. I can see from your appearance how ugly you are. I can see in your appearance how many averes you've done that it has this effect on you. That's what the Mepharshim say. But the obvious question then is what is his answer? Go to the craftsman who made me. If Rabbi Shimon was correct in saying that your ugliness is the result of your own actions, so then what justification does he have to blame Hashem? The craftsman who made me, you did this to yourself. And therefore, I want to add one Kiddush. And that is, we know that there's a concept that when a neshama in its lifetime has done things wrong, HaKadosh Baruch sends that neshama back down to the world again. Sometimes, a person is sent back down to the world to face the same nisoyin they faced before, and this time to try to overcome it. And if that would be the case, they would come back down with no awareness of what they had done in their previous lifetime, They'll be put into similar circumstances and be given a second chance to make the right decision. Sometimes a person's done something wrong in this world and Hashem sends that neshama back down to this world as the way to correct what was wrong. But for whatever the reason is, the person isn't sent back to this world as an Isayan. He's sent back to this world to live with to live with the consequences of the other. And therefore, a person like that is going to be born a Balmum. A person like that is going to be born with a blemish. I heard a similar idea from Gamilar Rabinovitz once. And that is, a person, his example was, who in his lifetime used to misuse his hands to steal, to hit other people, whatever the case might have been, so it could be Hashem will bring him back here with healthy hands and then he's sign of holding himself back from stealing or from being aggressive, violent to attack when he did wrong. Or it could be Hashem will send him back to this world without hands. He's forfeited that ability by what he did wrong with him and the oynish for what he's done is now, to, is now to survive without the hands that he misused. And therefore Someone who's born a Balmum is indicative that there's something in that neshama that being born in this way was coming to Metaka. And if we're going back to the, the Kliyaka we began with, if the premise is that a Balmum is a reflection of a mum in the neshama, and that's why it's somebody unworthy of bringing Karbanas, even somebody born with a mum, even somebody born with a mum, but Be'atzim is born from a blemish neshama. In the previous star, he must have done something to deserve the disability that he's now living with. And therefore, he too can't do the Karbanas. And with that understanding, let's go back to the story. Rabbi Lazar Rabbi Shimon sees this man and looks extremely distasteful. Incredibly off-putting. 
And Rabbi Elzer Rabbi Shimon thinks it must be this man's done tremendous averus. That's why his features got so changed. And that's why he says to him, he says, Draco, Russia, you're so incredibly ugly. Do you realize what averus he must have done that this is what it caused? And the man's answer was, in simple words, I was born like this. I didn't do anything to myself. And if that's the case, it could be that in a previous Gilgal, the neshama that this man has needed this tikkun, but he did nothing wrong. And that's what he said. Go to the craftsman who created me. This is the way I was born. Maybe he has a neshama which has a pagam. And this is the correction, this is the tikkun. But you can't blame him for that. And therefore to call him a reiko, to call him you're a Russia, was a mistake. Was a mistake. And that's why Elizabeth of Shimon realized did the wrong thing. And he asked him to be Michael. And eventually the man agrees to be Michael, but he says on condition that you don't do this regularly. And he asked him for, don't do it at all. And the answer is the man agreed. If he had done a virus, and that had been so bad that it had distorted the way he looked, so then maybe Rabbi Lazarus was doing the right thing by giving him Musa. But what we said Rabbi Lazarus is there's also the option of a person have done, having had done a virus in a previous Gilgal. And he was born into the situation to be mechapa for what happened in the past. And in a case like that, it's not his fault. That's how Hashem created him. He's there to live with it. He's there to attack him as best as he can. But you can't, it wasn't his, him and his consciousness that made these averages. You can't blame him for that. Don't be rogalasius. Don't assume every person you see with a disability is a son. He's a Russia. And that's the case. We have the last point. Rabbi Lazar said, are all the people in your town as ugly as you? And the man said, I don't know. What, is that? what, was, what was the point of that? The fact that he was ugly. Why would that have implicated his town? And the answer is, Rabbi Lazar obviously understood that the very this person died wouldn't have happened in a place with a society with all tzaddikim. In such a place, the person wouldn't be allowed to do such a virus. If that's the case, if Rabbi Hashim is thinking to himself, if a person could do things which warranted such a severe punishment, it must be at the correct place. A place which condones doing a virus. And so he asked the person. And the man's answer was, any idea, I don't know. And what's the significance of that? Exactly the significance you said before. You said, the person who did these averes wasn't me. It was my neshama in a previous Gilgal. What situation that neshama was in, the life he lived, the place he was in, any idea. I don't know. I was born like this. To suffer the consequences of what was done before. And therefore, the circumstances in which those events happened had nothing to do with me. I don't know where and when it happened. And if that's again, it's tantamount 
to the concept of what we have by Imamza. That the aver of the parents can cause a spiritual blemish on the child. And the blemish is real and it precludes the child from marrying into the Jewish community. But does that give us the right to say to the child, you're such a bad aver, you can't marry a Jew? What do you want from him? He is, so to speak, living the mistake of his parents. And it's the same thing over here. It's true that the physical disabilities this person had, their extreme agonies, was a sign of a pagam in their neshama. But they, was, they were born to suffer that pagam. They weren't the one, he wasn't the one you could blame for it. Hashem, I think it's a emesabshat nagamar. It makes Rabbi Azabar Tzadok not so callous. He understood what he was doing and he had a reason for it. And he explains to us the point in which he was mistaken. But thinking about this reminded me of a, of a Midrash. It's a Midrash in Barashas Rabbah at the beginning. And the Midrash says a tremendous statement. The Midrash says, really, the non-Jews should never have had to deal with disability. There shouldn't have been cases of non-Jews who were blind or who were lame or who were deaf or any other kind of handicap. So why did Hashem create non-Jews who are also handicapped? Because otherwise they would look at the Jews and they would say, you're the only ones who have the people who are born with all these various different afflictions with various different disabilities. You're a nation of sick people. And therefore, so the Jewish people shouldn't get castigated for being the only ones to suffer. Hashem made cases by the Goyim also of all these different kinds of physical handicap. And the obvious question in the Midrash is, and why did the Jewish people deserve it more than the Goyim? Ke'ilu saying that by right, the Jewish people deserve to have handicapped people and not the Goyim. And Hashem only made handicapped Goyim because that way you know, the Jews aren't going to get singled out so to speak, for derision, but we're the only ones who have members who can handicap. Why? And this is the estate. Because by the Jewish people is a concept of a Gilgul. And Hashem brings the person back as a way to expiate the avarice of the previous lifetime. And if a person has sufficiently damaged his neshama, then he'll come back in a way which is physically damaged too. Goyim don't have Gilgulim like that. And therefore... There's no spiritual reason why a guy should be born with a physical with a, with a physical limitation. He doesn't have a neshama which is coming back to attack in itself, which has his inherent flaws. And that's what the midrash says. By right, therefore, all the goyim should be born healthy. It doesn't mean that goyim can't do things to themselves in their lifetime. They there can cause themselves to get ruined. But what the Gemara, the Midrash is saying is that the Goyim, there's no logical reason why they should have been born like that. And the reason why HaKadosh Baruch creates the Goyim, who are born deaf or lame or blind, whatever it might be, is only to protect the honor of Klai Yisrael. One last point. It says by Matan that everybody with any kind of a blemish recovered. The blind could see and the lame could stand. And the meaning of that is 
that in order to receive the Torah, it wasn't just HaKadosh Baruch Hu healed people physically. There was also a certain token of the Nishamas. And as a result of that, Kali Yisrael, when they received the Torah, were all on the same spiritual high. And that manifested itself, that they've had no physical disability either. There's a discussion in the Gemara. In the future, Mashiach will come, the Meher of Yemenu. So, will Kali Yisrael first be brought to a higher level of all being tzaddikim? And then afterwards will be redeemed or the other way around? Will first be redeemed and afterwards HaKadosh Baruch Hu will metaken, will fix us. The Pasuk, the well Pasuk Yerimah talks about the ingathering of the exiles. And he says that out of that Kahal Gadol Yeshuvah and Yirmiyahu Periklamet out of that big group of people who will return they will be the lame and they will be the blind. In other words, Hashem will gather us all together even before everyone's reached their full ticket. And there could still be people with disabilities. And only afterwards there will be the complete tikkun where HaKadosh Baruch Hu will not just be metaken and neshamas but be metaken our bodies as well. And once again, just like by Matan Torah where Klai Yisrael who gathered to receive the Torah you're all perfect, my beloved. So the Pasuk in That means both spiritually and physically. Same thing in the future. When Mashiach will come, and Hashem will attack and cry Israel, it won't be just spiritually. You'll be completely beloved. The Tikkun spiritually will have the effect of being attacking, of perfecting everybody physically as well. There's one last part I wanted to add, really, that should have ended the drasha. There's a question I know everybody's going to ask. And it's a famous Gemara about the daughter of the season, Rabbi Shabbat ben Chadanya. That she commented to him, Such tremendous wisdom in such an ugly vessel. And later on, when the Caesar himself asks Rabbi Shabbat why it's like that, and why his other friends, the Tanoim, were not weren't, were not ugly, even though they were also Chachamim. So Rabbi Shuz is a strange thing. He says, and if they had been less good looking, they would have been more, more Chachamim. They would have been wiser. How does that fit in with what we just said? And really, if you're going to explain further, then let's look at the Gemaris and Tainus. I'll start the line before the end of the story. After being forgiven, the Gemara says, Rabbi Lazar of Shimon goes into the Besmejish and he says, A person should always be soft and small like a reed. Why? Because with the Ru, we write the Peter. We use that, quill, that to make the quill we try to say Peter. And the obvious question is, what has it got to do with what we said before? What was, why was this the lesson that Rabbi Lazar of Shimon learned from the story? And if you want to say that a person should be humble like a reed, then you can end it like that. It's nothing to do with writing Sefer Torah. So I'll add one last point. And that is, now that Rav Elazar Shimon saw 
that a person can can be ugly. And it's through no fault of their own. It's because of the Gilgal of the Neshama from a previous door. And if it's something which isn't changeable, it means that this is what HaKadosh Baruch wanted them to live with. So then, what are they meant to do with that? A person who was created in such a way as this ugly man said he was. So what's there for him to do? What's he meant to achieve? Yes, he's living with the punishment of a different dark. What's meant to affect him? How's he meant to work with it? And the answer is, it's meant to make a person more rach, more humble. A person who has a disability naturally feels in some way inferior to other people. And if it's not a punishment for he did wrong, what they meant to do with that? The answer is, it can make him more of a chacham. It can make him more of a chacham. When a person feels that in one area he's less than other people, then that can push him to be to excel in other areas. And therefore the very fact that he feels physically he's blemished in some way, and slightly, that can push him to be a bigger chacham. That's what Rabbi Lazar Rabbi Shimon meant when he said that he should be soft like the reed because with the reed you're at the Sefer Torah. A person can use that sense of feeling less, feeling more humble, feeling inferior to achieve greatness in a different field. You can, you can use that to write the Sefer Torah. And that's what Rabbi Shabin Al-Khalani said as well. He didn't explain why a Kodesh Prophet appeared to him like that. It shows a tremendous side. We must have said we must say there was some similar reason that was coming to attack in something in the past. But what did Rabbi Yeshua do? Being confronted, being in a situation where he had that disability, it made him more of a chacham. It pushed him more to excel in other areas. And that's what he said as well. There are other chachamim. It isn't a prerequisite for chacham that a person has a physical problem. But the person who does have a physical problem, that gives him the impetus to be a bigger chacham. And that's what Rabbi Lazar B'Shimon meant. The person who caused himself damage, then you're right to give them Musa. If you've done this to yourself, if your own Maisim Raim, your own Averis caused such a damage to you, then Rabbi Lazar B'Shimon would have been right. Reiko. It's a sign you're a Russia. But what he learned, and that is if what a person's carrying the blemish of a previous star, it's through no fault of his own. Then Adrab. The lesson we tell him is if you feel inferior in a physical zone, use that as the impetus to grow great in Ruchnis. Write a safer Torah. Become more of a Chacham. Because that drive to compensate for what's seen as a lack can push a person to become greater. That's what the Gemara says also. We spoke before about a Mamza, a kind of a mum. A kind of a blemish that makes a person unable to be a coin. You can't avoid it. You can't avoid it. But the Gemara says in Harius that a man's Talmud Chacham is greater than a coin god. The limitation he has in one area can push him to excel in a different area. It can push him to be a bigger Talmud Chacham. And that's a level which is even greater than a coin god could be. Rabbi Shur was the Chacham of the Yehudim, the greatest of the wise men of the Jews. 
and he himself attributed it to his the lack of his good looks. He used the disability to push him to become great in a different area. He used the reed to write a separate area.